bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. Congratulations, Detroit. You can be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. The homicide tool has reached a nice even 750. Details on the latest leveling from Police Sergeant... Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... ...in the morning. Bucketless Tigers could use this guy's talents. Mount Clemens police have a 36-year-old man in custody. Seems he got home about 5 o'clock this morning from an all-night spree. That ticked off the little lady who unleashed a verbal barrage at the man. That apparently the last straw for him. He picked up his genuine Willie Mays power eyes lightning strike Louisville slugger baseball bat. Proceeded to hit a thousand on the woman's head. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. Did you ever picture life like this? No shooting star to grant your wish. Are you everything you hoped you'd be? Or caught somewhere in between? You dropped your nickel down a wishing well and prayed for luck to cast its spell to bring you closer to your dreams that always seem just out of reach.
Good evening. Welcome to Sidetracked. Not going to lie, the adrenaline is flowing tonight, just me in studio, and uh, we've been away for a long time. And um, yeah, kind of amped up to, to be here to, talk, to share with you uh, some stories tonight. Head Above Water by Theory of a Dead Man. Some themes in that song are going to come back later in the program. I want you to be mindful of that. Lots of you, you consume this show when you're driving, when you're working in the shop, when you're doing all kinds of stuff. And I don't really care how you listen to us. But tonight, uh, this is probably one I'd like you to take a minute and maybe set aside whatever you're doing and pay attention. We're going to get into some pretty uh, pretty deep stuff, some uh, heavy topics tonight. And we're going to define for you a little bit about what pulling is. We're going to cover some uh, recent news events Go through some rules changes, which I'm sure everybody's waiting to hear what we got to think about some of this stuff, and then get into uh, something a little bit more personal with you. But for starters, let's start off tonight. Uh, big things going on outside the world of pulling in the world in the form of land speed racing. Uh, it's an exciting time, man. This is a form of racing where largely the competitors are are home built. They do it themselves. The rule books are thin. You can do whatever the heck you want to, and it's a very exciting time to be involved in the sport. In the last week, uh, the Vesco team out of southern Utah uh, was up on the salt flats. The salt this year has been in phenomenal condition. It's uh, much like the sport of pulling, where it's very dependent on what the conditions are on the ground, whether or not you can get those big speeds. And the conditions this year at Bundle have been phenomenal. And the Terminator 2, which we got to see two years ago in the shop where it's built, Rick Vesco taking some time out of his morning, to share with us everything they got going on there and uh, some of the projects they're into. And Terminator 2, we got to see it. Um, they were out at Bonneville this last week and wheel-driven. They did not get a record because it rained the next day. They couldn't get the backup. They set a wheel-driven uh, time through the measured mile, 493 miles an hour. But more impressive than that was their trap speed out the back door, wheel-driven, 503 miles per hour. This sets the stage for 2019 where probably two massive milestones are going to get eclipsed if the conditions are right. At Bonneville, I think the Terminator 2 team is going to set an actual speed record for wheel-driven vehicle in excess of 500 miles an hour. And also, the Bloodhound SSC team is going to go to Hanskeen Pan, South Africa, and try to push a thrust-driven vehicle beyond 1,000 miles an hour. Um, just stunning idea of human achievement, and it's such a solitary thing. There's no grandstands at either of these venues. There's no uh, fandom. It's very, very inside. But what happens there is uh, something that gets respected by hot rodders everywhere. And I'm really looking forward to 2019 to see what happens. All right, before we get into the meat of the pulling side, Stay tuned. I want you to hear this message from DHD. Dirty Hooker Diesel is your full-size diesel performance specialist in Harbor Beach. We're Michigan's final authority on anything performance and replacement related. 
specializing in diesel performance parts and accessories for Duramax, Cummins, and Powerstroke diesel engines. From custom-built transmissions and engines to CP3 pumps and injectors, check them out at DirtyHookerDiesel.com. Hi, this is Tony Burkett, owner of Dirty Hooker Diesel. We are a full-service repair facility that can handle any task from stock to modified, big or small, so give us a call. 989-479-0444. Dirty Hooker Diesel, the final authority on everything performance and replacement. All right, welcome back to Sidetrack. Let's get into it. Oh, boy. It's going to get heavy. First, before we get into all the rule stuff that NTPA has proposed, um, NTPA has said what they're going to do. The Farm Machinery Show has come out with some things. PPL, we're still kind of waiting to see what things are going to look like from their perspective. But before we get into that, kind of want to define for you, this is an idea, a concept that has been percolating in my head for the last probably 10 days or so, the idea of what is the sport of pulling. And um, we all think we know what it is, but let's let's define it for a second. Uh, pulling really is its own thing. We don't have a frame of reference. It's absolutely a complete and total perfect abstraction. There's there's no reference to another form of motorsport. There's no for- reference to another form of sports. It doesn't even have a reference to itself. What do I mean by that? Well, let's take drag racing, for example. No matter where you are in the world, a quarter mile is a quarter mile, thousand feet is a thousand feet, eighth mile is an eighth mile. We take interval times at 60 foot, at 330. Um, anywhere you go, these things are constants. They're measurable. We can look back through history. We can look back at any time in the sport of drag racing in any venue, and we can look at someone's time slip and say, yeah, that's a good one, or no, it's not. We can do this in stick and ball sports. The size of a baseball diamond doesn't change. The size of a football field doesn't change. The milestones that a human uh, is able to achieve, the stats they're able to rack up, don't change. We're able to compare them mostly across entire eras of time. Yeah, there's I, I realize there's there's small things that change, but we can always make that comparison. In the sport of truck and tractor pulling, we can't do that. There is no record for the fastest time to 300 feet. There's no record for the longest pull ever. It's always venue-specific. It's always based on the sled siding for that given night. We can't look back through history and compile any sort of statistical record on quickest guy to 100 feet. Highest ground speed. No one knows. It's an extremely abstract sport. It's a very, and for that reason, it's a very, very pure thing. And I think that's where a lot of us come from when we express our outrage, our problem with an idea like traction control. No rules were set for 2019 regarding traction control one way or another. Now, I don't think for a second that this was a punt on the part of NTPA. I think they are making moves to do something, and I think uh, we're going to have to go through tech schools this winter to find out what that something may or may not be. I'd like to, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. It's a slippery thing. It's a tricky thing. Let's define what traction control is and, and some of the systems that are involved. And I, I didn't do exhaustive research, and I'm sure there's plenty of you out there who are infinitely smarter about this than I am. But there's different ways to do it. There is the 
feedback style system that you have in your road car. Let's be honest. You pull the wheels off on my Ford Fusion out in the driveway and you'll see the tone ring on each hub to tell onboard computers which tire's slipping. It's on all four corners. You'll find this in production cars everywhere. There are systems out there where we can put that on a competition vehicle for each hub or just on the drive shaft, what have you. And it'll feed back into the ignition system and tell it to pull timing. The other, and that's very easy to tech because anyone can see that tone, tone wheel. Even if you hide it inside a housing, you pull some covers, you're going to find it. Okay. It's not, it's not easy to, it's not, you can't conceal it very easily. The other system that everybody talks about that is impossible to tech for, no, it's not. If you know what you're looking for in the software, you can find it. it just means somebody's going to have to carry around a laptop and plug in. And this is the system where it um, it runs to a it runs to a curve, shall we say? If you Google this, it's very easy to to find a story about it, and that's probably what you'll have to do to really understand what I'm talking about, because it'll give you visuals on on how the system works, and it's it's very simple to understand. As a competitor, and drag racers do use this. Uh, a lot. You can set a curve for your ignition during the course of a run, and it's keyed to time, elapsed time, which theoretically should correspond to distance down track and whatever conditions are present at that particular time. And you set a curve that will serve as a rev limiter, which is engine protection, which I have no problem with. That's a, a whether you do it on a dumb chip or a curve, I don't care how you, how you get there. Save your stuff. That's saving money. I think we can all agree that's okay. Underneath that rev limit curve, there's another curve you can set that will pull timing out based on various parameters. If there is an RPM spike at what would equate to, in time sense, 60 feet down track, where there shouldn't be, based on track conditions, based on historical knowledge of the pulling vehicle, what have you, various parameters, it'll pull timing out. It'll, re it'll retard it and react in a way that's faster than the human can, faster than you can pull back on the throttle handle and much more gentle, much more subtle, and reduce engine power to keep the tires hooked up. And when it returns to what is and what you have defined as a competitor as being the normal curve, It'll bring that timing back in and, and give it you the power. Down track, same sort of story. If we say as a competition vehicle, we should be down track at 7,800 RPM, and all of a sudden there's a spike to 8,600, as quick as you can blink an eye, quicker even, it'll pull timing out to keep the tires hooked up and try to maintain that 7,800 where it's supposed to be and carry that forward momentum. These are very easy, very common programs and profiles to find. You're going to have to, I guess, do some subterfuge to hide it software-wise. And, and it's all contained inside the ignition box. It's all contained in the software. Um, but it's there, and it can be used. NTPA chose not to define any sort of rules for mini rods, for two-wheel drive, for anybody on how this is going to work. And like I said, I hope this is not a punt by them to kick the can down the road and decide to do nothing or shove their hands in the, heads in the sand about traction control. This is a pure sport. Remember, it's an abstract. There is no reference to 
other numbers. There's no reference to performance metrics. It's only the competition within the event. And we as fans like the idea that it's taking place unassisted, that it's pure, that it's real, that it's driver skill that is able to beat that sled on that particular night, that's able to beat that track on that particular night, and then in turn beat the fellow competitors. We don't want the artificiality of traction control participating in that process. There's a purity in the, what, the fantasy? Is it a fantasy anymore? I don't know. The ideal, I guess that the driver matters in this sport and not the crew chief, that we aren't drag racing, that we aren't circle track racing, that we aren't F1, that we aren't any of those other sports where the role of the crew chief is important, as important as the driver, maybe more important than the driver. We like the idea, even when we see some of the most superhuman drivers out there, the Jordan Lustigs, the, the Terry Blackborns, get out there, the Dave Banters in the day, there's still that idea that even though cost has exploded and, and the technology and the machinery has far outstripped what it was, there's still that idea within the individual that I could go down there and strap in the seat and just maybe, maybe with enough practice, I could do that, too. Shouldn't we cling to that? Isn't that what is a huge piece of the allure of this form of motorsport? Beyond the fact that it's more intimate. You can't get closer to more power for longer. It's in front of your face for 15 seconds every lap. It's that idea that we could do that. We could try. Regardless of what it takes to spend to, to build the equipment or what have you. Even in, even in the antique ranks. That I could climb in the seat and just maybe I'm good enough. That I could do that. I don't need a laptop. I don't need a crew chief. I don't need to have... To study spreadsheet after spreadsheet and try to define all these parameters... Just maybe I could climb in the seat and I could do it. I've been there. I felt a hook drop in the draw bar and had that rush of adrenaline just like I'm on now. Where I could say, hey, today's my day. And you know what? There's been days where I have been. I'll say I've been lucky. I'd like to think I was good. And I was paying attention and picked my way down the track and won that particular day. But there's that idea that I could do it that the machine isn't doing it for me. Now, given that nothing has been defined and the potential that nothing could be done, what if, what if traction control gets allowed in the sport of pulling? What if the role of the crew chief, the all-star crew chief, is going to be a thing? Are we going to have the Dale Armstrongs the Austin Coils, what have you, name them. The all-star crew chiefs come out. Yeah, maybe. 
But if we are, what else are we going to do? If we're going to allow traction control, then let's do it. Let's allow it in every class. But let's not stop there. Let's go full traction control. Here's the official sidetrack idea. If we're going to let traction control in, guess what else you have to bring with it? EFI. Every class. Common rails for diesels. Injectors in the alcohol class. I don't care. EFI. Do it all. It's not beat around the bush. It's not screw around. Let's do the whole thing. If we're going to go full tilt crew chief and make this sport go that direction. All right. I am still a technological enthusiast. I'd be excited to see what happens when we go that direction and who can control the beast the best. My heroes might change. They won't be drivers anymore. They'll probably be crew chiefs. I don't want to go there with my sport. But if that's the direction we're headed, if that is the inevitable progress, however you define such a word, and let's see where, how far down the rabbit hole it goes. And while we're going down the rabbit hole of crazy ideas, I have another one for you. Pro-mod style pulling. Yep, pro-mod style. And two-wheel drive truck is a class where it, here again, we didn't do anything to define traction control. We also didn't allow in any body style, which, again, I don't know why, what that would stop you from. Do whatever the hell you want to. Sorry, NTPA, screw you. If I want to put a 59 Cadillac body on, 55 Nomad, Ford Aero Star, police paddy wagon, what the hell I'm do it? Why, why would you care if I don't? If it meets the safety requirements, has the side shieldings, has the exits, has the doors, whatever you need safety-wise, which I'm never against safety, that's fine. Why would you care? Same for the PPL. Like, well, we got to have retail, we got to have uh, surface area for sponsors. If it's cool enough, believe me, if there's a sponsor behind it, the public is going to know. I don't care how much real estate you have to have, they're going to know. But two-wheel drive has been very stable for 30 years. So, Intellectually speaking, I think it's a fantastic playground for playing out an idea. Here is the idea. If we're going to allow traction control and the FI, we aren't going to just stop at superchargers. We can keep the cubic inch limits in place. That's fine. We aren't going to stop at superchargers. We're going to bring turbos in, and there are some in the class, of course. I think EFI is going to help the turbo guys. We'll have to make some adjustments. They may help them too much. We want to keep the supercharger guys competitive. But why don't we also have NA engines in two varieties, too? The cubic inch limits, that will apply to forced induction. That's, that's fine. We'll let the big cubic inch stuff play naturally aspirated with nitrous. It's like ProMod. Well, I'm going to take it one step further. You can We can set a cubic inch limit equal to, or yeah, we'll say for now equal to, the turbo and the blower guys. Nitro. Yes, nitromethane. Oh, it'll never last. 14 second pass. Well, you'll have to find out how. 
we'll have to figure out a way. Maybe you don't tip the can a full 100%. Maybe you only tip at 50. That's up to you. It's your problem. You figure out how to make a live. Well, the safety place, safety in place, I don't think it'd be that bad. Yeah, there'll be some blown engines at first. Be exciting. Highlight reels would be awesome. Want to push the sport to be bigger? You want to get on TV? Do like the NHRA does. Feature exploding nitro cars and all your commercials. Oh, that's right. Their ratings have been flat. It hasn't worked so good for them. But hey, at least in this realm, it's cool. It's an idea. And it's something we could build on. Something to think about. All right. Where else can we go in the rule books? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's go next to Super Farm. Now, nothing really changed for 2019 in that class, and that's fine. You know, the, the numbers are huge, and the competitors, there really wasn't a lot of call or desire for, for huge change. There was a call for more definition in the turbocharger specs, and specifically the map groove, and, and really defining what that was or what it's going to be, and Nothing was forthcoming. The go-no-go no go BB test is what it's going to be. And if you know that going in, well, it's between you and your turbo builder. And just to realize that there is the fallibility of human endeavor to drop that in in a certain way and say you're good, say you're not good. Screw up and drop it in your charger and into your engine. Who knows? It is what it is. But there's one area where some of the bullshit that is in this conundrum of definition where there was one group that said, we're not going to play around. We're not going to tolerate this any longer. We're going to define what a charger is, is going to be at the National Fire Machinery Show coming in February. They said, you're going to smooth bore charger three inch in four inch out. Ooh. All of a sudden, everybody went, huh? Excuse me. Beg your pardon. Uh, the price of a three by four charger just went up. Uh, that announcement probably wasn't even, the ink wasn't even dry on the press release yet. And turbo makers were jumping prices, I'm sure. And that's the nature of a free market economy. So what? Good for them. But a lot of pullers said, well, my $150 performance bond for NFMS just became a $5,150 performance bond because I'm going to buy a charger I can only use once. It would have been another thing to say, we're going to do three by three. I can change my cover. Many guys, I'm sure, still had an old three by three smooth bore somewhere on the shelf and could have bolted it on and, and gone on. But they went with a four inch exhaust. Now, I'm far from a performance wizard. I'm far from a dyno tuner. I'm sure there's guys who are going to do spend the money. They're going to buy the charger. They're going to go do the homework, and they're going to figure it out. One thing I do know is that the dirt inside soup in uh, inside Freedom Hall is pretty tough, pretty tight. Is a four-inch exhaust housing on those tractors necessarily an advantage? I don't know that it is. Um, you're already sucking through a straw on a 640-cubic-inch engine. You may need that smaller three-inch housing just to keep the charger lit when the pan drops. And we could see a guy with a 3x3 beating 
three by fours because you can do all the dyno testing you want to in the world. That's not hooking the same as hooking it to the sled and figuring out your gear ratios and all that other stuff. Um, and you really, I mean, some guys I'm sure will sneak down Wednesday afternoon and try to try to lay some test hits and figure it out. But that's still only one lapse worth of data. There's places you can go. Boyd's have one. Gavin Campbell's got one. You can go rent a track and a sled and make test pass after test pass. But that's still not the same as climbing under the Kentucky Expo Center roof and finding out what you got. I don't know. Just maybe that is the CTP saying, figure it out, boys, or screw you, you're gone. I don't know. No finals for light super stock at the uh, NFMS again this year. Lots of people upset about that. They feel like there is enough tractors out there to comprise two sessions and uh, have it be something where you could devise the finals out of it. I probably tend to agree. I didn't necessarily think that would have been the case a few years ago, but it probably is now. The The board chose not to, and that's that's fine. I'm sure that I, I'm not I'm sure I know that they are cognizant of that they're, they pay, they do pay attention to the wishes of the fans and they are, they do have their finger on the pulse of what's going on out there in the polling world. Don't doubt it. Do not doubt it. Back to, uh, the outdoor sanctioning bodies, the elephant in the room, super stock. The 903s are dead. In NTPA. Now, I don't have rule books going back through the years, throughout the last 15 years, to find out if it was what the truth is, if it was simply an omission, if it was a variance asked for by the Baudrys, um, how they got in, what they got in. At the time they got in, I was excited about them being there. Just like I kind of get a little bit tickled by the idea of saying, all right, if we're going to do traction control, let's do traction control, EFI, let's do pro mods and two-wheel drive, let's do something in light mods, light unlimited, yeah, light, light mods. Let's call it what they are. They're not unlimited. Let's do something. Because I was tired of, you know, hey, it's all, for lack of better terms, all Brent Longmotors. He had figured out a, a single a SOHC cylinder head that had fantastic valve train geometry and flow patterns. The only thing you had to change was the bore space to put it on whatever block you wanted it on. And it ran like a rape tape and it was great. But it was, there was a sameness to it. And when the 903s came out, it's like, okay, something different. This is cool. Now the 903s have chased away. See when we had the, the when we had the, the Brent long style head and, my apologies, Brent. I'm not singling you out. I'm not calling you out for this. That's, I hope it's not taken that way. When we had that sort of a scenario. You still had grand national caliber events where 12, 15, 18, some of the bigger shows, 20 plus tractors still showed up to do battle. And in the days of today with, with the 903s, six, eight, this year with NTPA, they didn't support it. They, they weren't even there. There's, what, five five built? There's rumors of a sixth one under construction. Bad timing. They didn't support it. 
So I'm I'm sure that this was not simply some guys asking for them to be banned. I'm sure that the approach was if you ban the 903s, kick them out, we will come. There will be tractors for 2019. I, I cannot believe any other idea. Now, I think the NTPA would have been well within their rights to tell that class, look, you're not going to support our association. You're not going to bring numbers. You're not going to bring competitors. We can't We can't go to these fair boards, these promoters, and sell your class. There's no class to sell. You're a joke. Either you find some iron, or we're going to blow you out completely. We'll, we'll surrender the class to PPL. They can have you. And I think in some some back channels, that may have been the exact value proposition that was laid out. And some competitors responded and said, you know what? You take the V8s away, we'll be there. We'll, we'll come out. We'll preserve your show. I, for one, I'm okay with their decision. I'm okay with it. I know it really pissed off Jeff Hurt. But one of his tractors already has EFI on it. It wasn't legal for NTPA to begin with. And he, to his credit, did split time between PPL and NTPA in prior years. But this year, it, it, he wasn't there. Cheezik took his tractors over to PPL. Wasn't there. Campbell's tractor was absent. Well, it's, actually, it's not even his anymore. That's not fair to call it his. Absent from the tour. And another one in Indiana that's not finished. You're not there? Well, then you can't run. But that doesn't mean the death of the V8s. Because what you got to realize is that you can still take some of that cylinder head knowledge and apply it to other blocks because bullet blocks are allowed. Whether you're taking up the IH DV550, the Caterpillar, 328, 636, the 640 Perkins, there are options available to you. See what happens. You still could run a V8 tractor in open super and be competitive with the inline sixes. It wasn't the banning of V8s in toto. It was the banning of what really maybe should not ought to have been there in the first place. And all you guys who want to talk about 619 John Deere's, oh, please stop. Stop. It's a 531 of the bigger bar. Stop. Okay? It's fine. No one ever cared about the 619s being there. Never, ever. There's always options there. Uh, they froze the light... Modified, not calling it light unlimited anymore. They froze light modified through 2021. No changes. <sighs> really wanted to see this be a 5,500 run with Jabrung. I really, really do believe that there's something to that idea and that it could have been so much more. I, 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 think, the, I think the class is going to die, honestly. Uh, Simons have a tractor for one of the two for sale, maybe even both. Um, there's just not the interest to support it. It's going to be just like the open supers. And yeah, they froze them, which gives stability. And, and, and there again, 
maybe that was a conversation this this summer where guys came and said, look, if you freeze the rules, you tell us this is what it's going to be, we'll come out and support it, which good, okay. NTPA now has a, a class that they can sell, a program they can sell. But it's going to be all side-by-side front on Hemis. They had an opportunity to do something with the Allisons there and allow some different supercharging or turbocharging, anything, just to give an alternative, and it didn't happen. Um, it's going to be a cookie-cutter class. Sorry, it is. hate to say it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about something that doesn't necessarily have to do with the sport of pulling. It's related to it but it's a little bit more personal. Meantime, here's something from Diesel Freak. You make your living going up and down the road, and time is money. Would you like to save from 5 to 25% on fuel, up to 25% more power, with better bottom-end acceleration? You need to get with DieselFreak.com and their truck tuning services. Works for Cummins, Caterpillar, Detroit Diesel, and more. If you want to kick it up another notch, you can get their off-highway tuning for high horsepower. It'll unlock the RPM limiters, twin turbo setups, VGT turbo replacement, EGR valve delete, DPF delete, urea delete, and more, and it all comes with a 30-day warranty. Now, not only that, they've also moved into the agriculture realm. They'll bring their dyno on-site to you. Get a baseline on your tractor, write a custom tune for it, load it up, and show you the difference. Also, with a 30-day warranty, save fuel, increase power with performance tuning from DieselFreak.com. For Case IH, Callenger, Claus, Fent, John Deere, Massey, Ferguson, New Holland, Valtra, and more, DieselFreak.com. They can be reached at 989-748-4145, 989-748-4145. All right, welcome back to Sidetracked. I want to return to our song, Hit Above Water, by Theory of a Dead Man, started off the program, and, and bring your mind back to, bring your mind to a different place. Something a little bit that we all struggle with. I want to remark upon the passing of Stan Bonavita. Uh, he was a New York super farm puller, Ran a white uh, 66 series international harvester and super farm class uh, called Brother's Dream. His brother had passed away about four years ago. Tractor still named in honor of his brother. And a couple of weeks ago, Stan, um, look, let's not beat around the bush. Stan chose to end his own life. He left behind uh, a wife and kids and a family. And I didn't, I didn't know Stan. I, I knew of the tractor. I didn't know him. Drew knew him. The guys on the New York tour who are great friends of ours did know him very well. And in the wake of his passing, the outpouring of emotion and shock at how could this be, how could this have happened, that he was a fun guy, a nice guy, give you the shirt off his back sort. How is this possible? Tonight I want to talk a little bit about, a lot about, the concept of anxiety and depression, how real it is for all of us. It's something I struggle with, something I battle with. If Drew were sitting here tonight, he would tell you he fights with it just as bad, maybe harder than I do. Uh, the rest of the crew, that's part of Sidetracked, 
we've all been there. We've all had our, our demons get to us. Where the surprise comes in in Stan's case, and I suppose in any of our cases, is the, the means by which we all know each other. We all know each other through the sport of pulling. It's our favorite thing in the world. It's fucking awesome. We, when we get to the track, we can't believe we're there. We can't believe we get to do this, how damn cool it is. And that's the problem. We're all seeing each other in our best moment, on our best day. You have no idea what that smiling guy, that happy girl, goes home to when the event's over. You have no idea what their daily life is. I mean, some do. I mean, we're friends out there. There are friends we have away from the track and outside of the sport. We don't really know what they're up against, what their thoughts are. We're seeing each other at our happiest, at our best, at the track. So it's always going to come as a surprise when something like this happens. Let me give you a real example from my past. My first wife hated this sport, had wanted nothing to do with it. We were married 11 years, and she maybe made it, she maybe came to four events, maybe five. So it was never unusual for me to be seen at the track without her. It was quite normal. If Drew were sitting here right now, she could be the third person in the room. He wouldn't know who she is. So one of us opened her mouths, probably. It's neither here nor there. It wasn't unusual for her to not be there. The year that, the season that things fell apart between us was one of the hardest years of my life to have, to know that I was going to have to give up seeing my kids on a daily basis, that the person I wanted most in this world to like me, love me, didn't, had rejected me, was the biggest knife in the back I had ever felt. I started the season announcing some shows. I did, I don't know, three or four of them, where I would get to the track in absolute mess. I'd pull my shit together enough to get out of the car, and to give you a sense of how we work here in this area, at the time I was doing really only only TTPA events. It was probably, I don't know, five, five or six years ago now. Um... I had gotten to the point where I not only would announce a show, but I'd have the lineup sheets in front of me. I'd keep the distances. The agrotronics box would be in front of me. I'd keep the distances. I'd keep the ground speed. I'd basically be the official timing and scoring in addition to announcing by myself because I didn't, I didn't really like people in the booth with me. I don't, it's a distraction. I want to concentrate on the show and remark upon what's happening down there on the track side. So I was used to working in the booth alone. So I didn't have to have any, no one was around me for these events. I would say my highs and, and do my check-ins and, and talk to people in the pit area and, and project the idea that I was keeping it together, go up to the booth, and then proceed to stomp my own toes repeatedly, pinch myself in my pants pockets to the point of giving myself welts to keep my shit together, to get through the program and, and do the professional job that I was there to do, and then would leave and proceed to ugly cry 
I mean, not just tears running down my face. I mean, ugly, sobbing, nasty ass cry for three hours driving home about what a fucking mess my life had become. Fourth or fifth event of the year was at Gara, Michigan. Gara was always on, we don't do it anymore. Gara was always on a Sunday and it was always Father's Day. I wasn't going to see my kids this Father's Day. First time ever. Because of what was going on, I wasn't going to see them. We had the poll. I was doing my usual walk through the pits and I got me the scales and I just, I lost it. Lost my shit. I started crying. There was two guys standing there when it happened. And is it any wonder that both of these guys are primary backers of this program even now? Wade Lalone from Diesel Freak and Tony Burkhardt from Dirty Cooker Diesel were standing there. And I just, I, they were the first people I saw when I lost it. I told them what was going on. And, you know, it became public that day, that afternoon, what my situation was. Wade shared with me that he was going through something similar at that particular time. Tony has now also joined our club that no one wants to be a part of. But they, they screwed my head back down and sent him away. We got the program in. You don't often see that at an event because we're happy to be there. That's our fun time. That's our, our escape. It's our, our home away from home. It's our place to forget about all that shit and just focus on what's really fun for, for four or five hours if we're lucky. Since that day, when I go to an event, if I, if I come off as being short with you, I don't mean to. If I'm, if I'm on my way somewhere, it's only because I've got, I'm there to do a job. There's something I've got to get. There's, there's a, a story I need to get. I need to get to the booth and check our sound equipment. I've got to announce our show. Don't, you know, no offense. Don't disturb me during the program unless it's something to do with the program. Because I want to concentrate on doing the show and doing the best job I can. Or if I'm there to be a photographer, there's, if there's a particular thing I want to get a shot of, I want to go get it. But I will circle back. But when I ask now, at an event, how you doing? I don't mean it in the colloquial Western greeting that is so often responded to with, I'm fine or whatever. No, I really want to know. You're my friend. I want to know. Are you, are you okay? How you doing? And if you ask me, be prepared for a real answer. Be prepared for something heavy. Because you're my friend, and I just might need to lean on his shoulder for a minute. And that's okay. We can do that. That's okay. We can do that. The fight is real out there every day, guys and girls. We all battle with our own demons, our own misgivings. No one can beat me up harder than I can beat myself up these days. I used to have my coping mechanisms that were very self-destructive. I've gotten better. I've, it doesn't mean I'm not, I haven't won the, I, I win more fights than I lose now. I don't win the war every day. I'm a better fighter. I know how to get around it better. I know what to do. I know how to respond to it. I had a time in my life after a divorce where I was 
climbing the corporate ladder, trying to, trying to succeed and pushed into the push to the point where I was working 70 plus hours a week, trying to keep it all together. I've always had my health. I had a anxiety attack, a nervous breakdown. I don't care what you call it. It collapsed at work. The only ambulance ride I've ever taken. I'm not proud of it. it. Sucked. Sucked bad. I had to go on medicine to manage my anxiety and depression issues. We all have this fight. But there's help. There's help. We're there for each other. If you need someone to lean on, you need that helping hand, we're here. I'm here. Drew's here. Roos. Job. Carl. Everybody. Fultzy. We're all, all of us associated with this sidetrack deal. We've all been through it, man. We all get it. We all get it. We're here for you. We've lived. We've learned. We've seen some shit. We understand. You don't have to fight alone. Sometimes you need that stranger, that person who is so outside your sphere to snap you back out of it. Worked for me. Can work for you. And this is the only time you're ever going to hear this on this show? Well, maybe not. But there's hope beyond that. I'm a believing Christian. Maybe not the best at practicing it, but I'm a believing Christian. There's help there, man. There's help. Believe it. Till next time, take care of yourself. We'll be back with another show soon. Get back to being smart asses and not being so heavy, all right? Till then, take care of yourself, all right? Good night.